Lesson seven of Teach Me How to Love You Better is here, ladies and gentlemen, and it's BJ here to introduce today's lesson, which comes from a queen with experiences in love, partnership, and even divorce. She speaks with authority and she tells it like it is. And what she is bringing to men's attention today in this lesson is about intention, which is today's lesson title as well. This lesson comes from Miss Monroe Bishop, who hosts the Tea with Monroe podcast alongside her husband, Shouts out to Larry. And she talks about how intention plays a part in more than just courting a woman. It's about you coming correctly, emotionally healthy, ready to listen, learn, and understand your potential or current partner, and not from the place of what you want to offer a woman you're just interested in, but more about how you want to represent yourself in your relationship. She tells us about her missteps in her past relationships and even some substance she learned in her current marriage at a time when things got rocky. We can learn so much from her insight and her wisdom, but in order to receive this, your intention should be to listen. So ladies, support your sister. Fellas, sit back and shut up and receive this good game coming from Miss Bishop about how to get these intentions in order. Welcome to lesson seven, entitled Intention on Teach Me How to Love You Better. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have here today Monroe Bishop from the Tea with Monroe podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. How about you? (laughs) I'm doing excellent. I'm just really excited to get into this conversation. But um, before we get into anything, I want you to take a few minutes to introduce yourself. Let them know about your shows and all of the things that you have going on because you have a very interesting um, platform that you actually podcast on. So just give them a brief mm-hmm. summary of who you are. Uh, well, like you said, I'm Monroe Bishop. Um, my good name is Tiffany. <laughs> and um, I have a podcast, Tea with Mama, with my husband, uh, Larry. And we just, we're so different. And so we podcast our differences and have, and give a different perspective on relationships from different points of views and different backgrounds. He's more of a conservative type where I am as a liberal and that doesn't mean in a political kind of way, it's just in a, just defining who we are as people in terms of how our views kind of flow when it comes to everyday life and relationships. So I think we kind of uh, bounce off each other real well uh, when it comes to different relationship type topics and dialogue mm-hmm. uh, on our podcast. So you strike me as a tell it like it is type of woman. Where does that come from? From being bullied. Really? Yes, being bullied growing up, scared of my own voice, scared of people judging what I had to say. And I stuttered. I stuttered really bad. And I was always afraid to say anything. So I think at some point in my life, I don't know what was the turning point, but I just decided... I don't give a fuck what people think anymore. You know, <laughs> I say, I say what I say. I mean what I say. And I say what I say, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, and that's just the way it is. I hear that. I hear that. So, um, giving that you podcast with your husband and, um, you two have a, a very experienced perspective on relationships. How would you accept, how would you assess love between men and women? in the more younger generations nowadays? It's weird. It's weird. It's so different. It's so weird. It's, it's not, it's, um, it's conditional in my opinion. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's unconditional. I don't think it's respectful. I don't think it's genuine. 
I think if it does come from that place for the millennials or for the um, uh, younger generation, it's something that they've carried with them through something they've learned through their parents or some sort of mentor or something. I, it's just it's just so different. I don't understand it. I don't understand the the values in it. I don't see morale. Mm. I just see people just trying to coexist independently and just putting up with whatever just to keep from being lonely. Mm. So it's just a coping me mechanism in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just just to live, just to cope and get through life. Okay. So what would you, if you had the influence on the millennials, what would you say is the first thing that a person in that age group should do to come back to the standard of what love is meant to actually be? I think... They need to stop caring what people think and stop judging people. Okay. Um, it's, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm, and I can only speak from some of the things I see, even with my own uh, children, when it comes to relationships, it's like they have very little expectations of people and they're looking for someone to complete them versus compliment them. And, oh, okay, and okay. yeah, and that, and that makes a big difference because uh, when you're looking for somebody to complete me, complete yourself, that means you're not truly who you are, you know, but if they're complimenting you, you're coming, you're ready, you're ready to work together, you're ready to join forces, join forces with one another. And I, and I, and I think that would be the biggest advice I would give the, the younger people is look for compliment, complimentary compliments in a relationship and not a completeness. Okay. Now, I really love that perspective. Reason why I think um, you are like so significant to this platform is because for most of us who are relatively in that millennial age gap, I think that there's a survival mm -hmm. tactic that we're trying to adopt for how we love people. Like, um, even though we know we are in dire need of someone to care about us, we still have this sense of, I'm going to make sure that before he get me, I get him or before something bad happens that the provisions to protect yourself are already there. So it's like you're not even looking for the experience that comes from being vulnerable or you're not looking for the potential growth that you two can experience by being open, honest and transparent. It's like you're almost saying, like, I want you to love me, but I still just don't want to trust you. Right. And that's scary because um, a lot of people fall in love with people that ultimately do not trust in them to either to either change, to grow, to become better. There's like you said, like to actually compliment who they already are. So I mm -hmm. think that with your experience and how you deliver, you know, the conversation, we're going to be able to connect a little bit with those younger generations that just don't have it all together when it, when it comes to love. Right. Right. So the reason why I do this overall is because I too suffer from um, different issues with women, whether it's my mother, my, my sisters, my girl, whoever you can possibly think of that is a woman. I tend to have certain issues with each and every person um, that I encounter that is a woman. So what I decided to do was to not only be transparent with the things that I'm learning, but also share with other men so that we can kind of develop a conversation where women can tell us the truth 
whether that be profane, vulgar, you know, raw, even if it's male bashing, like let it, let them get it out. And let's just figure out how we can do better by what is presented. Because even though it may hurt, some of it is true. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we have to be a little bit more open about the truths that are being told to us. So what I do here is I ask you a question, which I'm going to pose to you in a few seconds where um, I give you the I give you the floor. I'm completely silent while you're speaking. You get to say everything that you need to say in concerns to this question. And I won't speak until you say, OK, BJ, you can speak now. I'm going to give you the floor and the complete respect to get your ideas out. And then we're going to ask a couple of questions about what you said and then go into a small topic. OK, so you ready? I'm ready. All right. So the question is, in what way or area as a woman do you feel a man can do better by women? Not for his own benefit, but more so for the women that he aspires to love. Hmm. Repeat that again. In what way mm-hmm. or area, as a woman, do you feel a man could do better by women? Not for his own benefit, but more so for the women that he aspires to love. I think be truthful about his intentions. You know, guys approach women with the intention have they have several intentions but i think if you're honest about what your intention is that makes all the difference in how you can move forward in a relationship relationship or not um a guy can be a genuine good guy but his intentions may not be up to his good guy standards you know, you tell a female, you know, you don't want a relationship, yet your actions and deeds show something different. You kind of hold a woman hostage to believing that there is a possibility when there truly isn't just for your own purposes. So I think if you're honest about your real intentions and not playing games, I think that makes all the difference in um, building a, a relationship uh, with a woman. If that makes sense. You can have the floor, DJ. All right. All right. I really appreciated that. Um, that's actually um, kind of going into what the small topic is because uh, as you were stating with being intentional, a lot of times when men are not, you know, well, not so much, but this is what the case is. When men decide not to be intentional, this is how more women end up broken. Um, They set their expectations based on the presentation the man gave. And um, they begin to make a a plan for you, how Mm -hmm. they want to love you, how they want to embrace and support you. And um, they set all of these goals for what is to potentially be a relationship and then you end up crushing or, you know, shattering the dream that she was preparing for. And a lot of guys always say, well, I don't necessarily know what I stand to gain from her, you know, so I'm guarding myself or I'm not doing certain things until I can see what it is that she's providing or bringing to the table. But those are the moments that you're actually waiting for while you're sitting up lying and, 
being sneaky. Like she's preparing for you mm-hmm. while you're doing this, you know, deceitful shit that you do. So um, we have to, we as men have to learn patience, but um, just so happened the conversation that I wanted to have with you um, kind of derives from what you were just stating. And I wanted to talk to you about how do you love a broken woman? Me personally, I haven't been successful in dating a broken woman in the past because a lot of times this is the this is a situation where you kind of have a sense of miscommunication. Um, this is a conversation I feel that we need to have because men and women tend to think different when we think of broken. Because oftentimes as men, when we hear a woman speak from a painful place, we hear that they're still in love or we hear that she's still trying to get over the guy. But to a woman, that's just merely her communicating that the wound may be still fresh or tender. She hasn't quite healed yet. Like she's not saying that she's still stuck on the dude. She's just processing how to get over the pain that she still feels. So I think that we should have a conversation about the benefits of accepting people for who they are and trying to compliment them even in their broken state. So um, do you what do you think about when you, you know, think about loving somebody that's broken? I, I don't think you should. You I mean, really I think don't. no, I think you can love them from a place of loving someone because they're because that's the natural human thing to do, caring about somebody's well-being. But I don't think it's healthy for a healthy whole person, whether male or female, to intentionally go after someone who's broken and have not completely healed. That's that's nothing healthy. That's not a healthy start to anything. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't think that's healthy or wise or beneficial to you. I mean, so what part? What are you? Um, uh, I got that. Uh, What's it called? That takeover spirit where you just want to get out there and heal and and help everybody. And no, I mean, you go into a relationship wanting to build, grow, develop and and be with somebody who you can, you know, spend the rest of your life with. You don't. You shouldn't be a caretaker in the beginning of your relationship. Now, I can agree with that. Um, And I think that I think that your points are valid. But the reason why I think um, there is a possibility to actually participate in the process of healing with a woman is because now you have no choice but to take things slow. Now, that does not change the fact that you can't fully invest yourself in a situation with a broken woman. But what you can do is be a support system like you're not going to be able to be the full healer. But you definitely can be a remedy. You can encourage her. You can take her to different, I guess, different places mentally where she doesn't have to focus so much on the pain. Um, I think that we lack empathy in those spaces where people are hurt. Everybody has something going on and the lack of empathy and not being able to connect with people without the intentions of benefiting from what you're giving another person. Those things tend to create spaces for people to not only heal themselves, but to to encourage them to be comfortable getting to know someone new, because here's a guy here that is just being supportive and a friend and he doesn't want anything from you. Yeah, that's, that's different. That's yeah. different. So it was not to say like jumping into a relationship with the idea of, 
oh, I'm going to heal her and change her world and make her a totally different person. But loving the broken women is just like almost saying not abandoning her just because she's suffering with the loss or the issues of another love. Like knowing how to gradually take your time to get to know a person and respect a person's boundary so that they can heal. And I think beautiful friendships can develop from that perspective. Now, that's a little different now. Right, right. I was thinking from in terms of with the expectation of of a relationship on the other side of the healing. No. But if you are being empathetic and being encouraging and have some way to help somebody overcome some pain and brokenness in order to heal, to be a better person for themselves. That's very admirable of you. And if you and if the only thing comes out of it is friendship and you just being a friend, that is a beautiful thing because I, and, and honestly, a, a good relationship can actually blossom from that once the healing process is over, if that's where your feelings lie. You know what I mean? Right, but it, right. But as long as the intent isn't to gain by helping someone through their pain, I think it is, a, I think you should be able to, um, be with somebody when well, I say to be with them, but um, coexist with them as in a friendship type relationship while they go through their healing process and it and help them aspire to greatness and be better and be better for themselves. That way, when they choose to go to another relationship, they are in a healthy headspace. That is actually my experience. Like the relationship that I'm in right now was actually in the process of healing on both sides. I believe that in that period, I was probably the more sensitive of the two between me and my lady because Mm -hmm. she had already been in the process of like, you know, preserving her emotions. She wasn't really dating at all. And um, I was still trying to like figure myself out. So I was still like moving around and entertaining different people, but no success whatsoever. So somehow, some way um, we got, in contact with each other because we were just friends on social media. Um, Always talked, always had wonderful conversations. So she would just invite me to like simple things. Like we would go walking, you know, her and her family would go to um, a spot in Detroit where it's like made for like fitness purposes where you can walk this track and um, there's like bike riding and things of that nature. And we would just walk and, you know, not knowing that it will become something. I definitely didn't see anything becoming of it because for the most part, I was still encouraging her to date other people, not realizing that this time that we were spending talking and getting to know each other, she developed a crush, you know, but like if I honestly had of, you know, come to the table with the same generic intention that most men show up with where, you taking advantage of vulnerable women and, you know, making them feel like, oh, you could be potentially a friend in need or even a friend with benefit. Like those type of things just, you know, continually wound women. And we have to have these conversations about the processes of knowing how to be patient with people that have been hurt, knowing how to show respect, kindness, support, and all of those, you know, things that kind of are entailed well, no, not even that, but kind of are a huge part of friendship. Right. Because that's the thing that's oftentimes missing. So that's what I was like trying to get at is that you don't have to be in a full fledged relationship, but you can definitely invest in a person to make them feel better so that when they are ready 
for love. Um, they're inspired by the deeds that, you know, that you sold that were good, you know. I definitely agree because it definitely, just thinking about it, it would definitely, if I was in that position, would give me hope that, you know, that there are actually genuine good people out there, men who actually care about how I feel and not necessarily how I feel to get to an end result of, of you know, being there for him and what would he want me to be there for him. It's a selfless right. It's in a selfless position where you genuinely care about the person's well-being. And I do think humans, I'm not just going to say me, I just think people in general, in general, forget that. We are so self-absorbed and self-motivated that we forget about the other person. And even when we hurt somebody, we don't care how that hurt has affected them. Mm-hmm. We, move, we, we move on as if they get over it, you know, not realizing you heard that woman could change the trajectory of her life, the way she chooses men, the way she looks at herself. Nobody thinks about holistically how your actions actually affect someone else's well-being in their right, life. Right, right, right. That is a rare, I mean, it, it's rarely, it rarely happens. You're right, you're right. And I always think about when you go through a breakup and... In most cases, people don't think like this, but I definitely do. I want to make sure that I have closure to everything Mm, before I move on into the next phase of dating or finding someone new. Because I've actually been in situations where I thought I was over something. And then even the dating process of getting to know a completely new person reminds me of the last relationship I just got out of and I go right back into this broken mind state. And even in those instances where you feel as though you've moved on, you've only moved on from accepting the fact that you may have been wrong, but you haven't quite moved on from, well, maybe that's not the the word, but you've only moved on from what you've done. That's wrong, but you haven't taken any accountability for what you could have done to that other person. And that can also be karma that comes back to you in this new situation. So I think men, I think men and women are broken and they don't know how to handle the brokenness. So I think that what we can do since we have established that it's possible to develop a friendship and a support system in brokenness, maybe we can just talk about the ways in which it could be healthy to not move so fast in love for both men and women, because you have to make sure that you heal first before you pursue something else. Just going back to what you said earlier about when you're ending a relationship and how you walk away from that relationship. I think it's important, especially if you're mature enough, mm-hmm. you should ask, you know how, when you get let let go from a job or you get laid off or you get, even if you get fired, you have an exit interview and you mm-hmm. find out everything that, you know, the company wants to know how they were, what they could have done better and, you know, and things that they probably possibly that you could have done better as well. And I think if you ended your relationship, I mean, that's not as formal as that, but just get an idea and, and be transparent about what you think went wrong and be receptive of your part in the situation from their view. That way you can work on, you may not receive it initially because you're hurting but if you sit back and just think about well this person said 
I have bad communication. This person said, I don't think beyond this or I'm not being supportive. And if you actually sit back and think about these things and work on those things for yourself, you can be better for the next relationship. And I think that's where a lot of relationships start off bad because nobody ever thinks they did anything wrong in the last relationship. Hmm. And you may not have done anything wrong, wrong per se, but you could have been an enabler. You could have, Mm -hmm. you know, you Mm -hmm. could have been the one that accepted the abuse, allowed this person to, that was your part you played in that situation. You may not have been the abuser, but you being the victim, you played a part in the demise of that relationship, you Mm. know? So I think Mm. it's it's definitely a, a healthy step in the right direction. I know for me, closure is finding out what this person really thinks about me, even if it's the worst thing ever, I still want to know. How does that benefit you? So I can work on me because I'm very real about who I am. And plus I want to be better. I want to feel good. I want to work. I want to be the best version of myself I could possibly be. Now, granted, when people are telling you how they feel about you, it's, it's very, it's hard. It can be hard to hear, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Very subjective. And, and it could be coming from a hurt place where they're trying to hurt you. And that's fine. But if you could just weed through their hurt feelings and get to the core, you I mean, you know who you are. You know, yeah, you know who you yeah. are, really. We just right. don't always accept who we are, you know. And if you truly want to be a best version of who you can be for yourself and the next person, you're going to have to be real about some things, receive this feedback, and work on these things. You know, me and my husband talked about it on uh, one of our podcasts because we both, um, we talked about it before how we prematurely got into a relationship. I was going through a divorce. He was going through a divorce. We met, you know, I was interested in uh, just dating, uh, but he wasn't, but he didn't want to me to date anybody because he wanted to try to keep me still till he figured out what he wanted to do. So he figured out his, uh, get through his process of his divorce and his pain he was going through with his ex-wife. You know, we were both incomplete, broken people, you know, mm-hmm. and we came together at the worst time. Had no idea how to bring this situation together. We just knew that we liked each other. We vibed. If we had met in a different time, it would have been perfect. But unfortunately, we met in a difficult time for both of us in different phases in our life. I was a lot further in the healing process than he was. You know, and but one of the things that he took away, okay, during the process of our dating, he was still dealing with his emotions from his ex, and he was always going back asking, "What did I do? I what what happened? Why why did this end so suddenly, so abruptly that we couldn't fix this situation?" He was still stuck in that limbo, not understanding why she wanted to move on. And he would always ask these questions and she would answer them very candidly. But then over time, he realized that, wow, I wasn't supportive of her. Wow, I didn't uh, acknowledge her feelings. Wow, I just, I didn't uplift her. I didn't give her credit for things. I made her feel even worse in her lowest moments, you know. So when he deals with me, it's so totally different. He's, he's a totally different person because he was able to acknowledge, receive how she perceived she was treated and recognize that about himself and treat me totally different. Now, I'm now I'm the aggressor in this relationship versus he used to be the aggressor, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he handles me so respectfully, so differently. 
He, you know, he's acknowledged me when I'm feeling bad and I'm feeling low. He built, you know, he builds me up all the things that he wasn't for her. He is for me. And he was able to do that by looking at himself and working on those things that didn't work in his past relationship. But, you know, the interesting thing is that, like, just off of the story you just told, you are actually the prime example of how we intended to start the, the topic about loving a person in the process of being broken. Mm -hmm. And here he is as a man still trying to trying to develop a sense of self in a relationship and definitely righting some of the wrongs, of course, right. from the previous relationship. And there you are making the difference by being a support system and encouragement while he's still trying to figure himself out. So what's interesting about that part of the conversation is the very thing that women do not like is when they leave a man and he becomes better mm. for another woman. And that yeah, and in that statement alone, like that could potentially send the ex off to be in her own broken spirit mm -hmm. because here she is still probably feeling like, oh, well, if he had done these things for me, we would be we would be totally fine. You know, and I think that like the lesson that we should have taken from hearing how he processed his relationship is that he made sure that one, he was intentional with who he wanted to move on to, but then also wanting to correct the mistakes of the previous relationship before taking full responsibility for the new woman. That's a remarkable thing to do. Right. But it's hard because we don't have this level of communication in these new millennial relationships. We're so territorial. We want to make sure that you're only focused on me. You're only thinking or loving on me when you have to find out first, does he love properly? Does he love himself in the correct way? Does he treat people like he wants to be treated? All of those things, whether it's an ex or not, benefit you. So we have to understand and learn that. And one of the um, the questions I wanted to ask, because um, there was a point where um, you were saying that, like, in certain levels of brokenness, like, people become, like, selfish, mm -hmm. you know. And um, one of the things that we hear women say today is that um, men don't accept a woman who cheats or sleeps with someone else when she's in the transition of a relationship like women do for men. And I know this, um, I know this is something that we don't really get to identify with, but there's a reason why, because there's a difference in how a man does his dirt. Now him getting caught is one thing, but while he's doing his dirt, he's not vocalizing it. Like he's not putting himself out there amongst women so that you'll know that this is the process that he's going through. Whereas a woman will experience it and she'll tell people, okay, this is how I was treated. She's expressing and she's releasing those feelings. So there are men that have accepted women back who cheated or done the same things that most men do. It's just that it's communicated differently. Is this the reason why you think the perspective that women have of men is so jaded because we just don't talk about the shit that we do like women do? Sorta, of, sorta. Of, I, you know, this this is a this is a hard one because you know women 
we're always trying to convince men that we're the one. We don't ever, men don't go through that same process or mental process that we do of trying to convince. And in the process of convincing that we're the one to whatever phase from the time we're meeting, dating, and getting married, we always constantly trying to let this man know he continued to choose me. Because we're never, I don't think we're ever truly 100% confident that he's there with us 100%. Hmm. And, you know, and I we go out of our way. We're so forgiving. We're so nurturing. We're so willing to put them, bef- a man, before we put ourselves. And it's unfortunate that it happens. And I think even the most confident woman experiences this insecurity at some point in their life or in some relationship, you know, and why, I don't know. What was the question? I'm, I, I'm so deep in this. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had so uh, many thoughts when you were saying all of that. I'm like, well, okay. I've lost my train of thought, <laughs> but yeah, like it's a, it's a different way that we respond to our pains because, um, a man could get his heart broke, could be cheated on or, you know, have to deal with deal with a woman possibly sharing herself with another guy. Nothing hurts us more than that, period. So there's those moments where we experience those things, too. But the difference in how a man responds to it is he keeps it and he internalizes it. He doesn't go out. He doesn't go out and talk about it publicly and publicize the embarrassment of him being cheated on because ultimately he feels like whether he admits this or not, he feels like what she done was his fault. This is the this is where the I don't believe that. I don't believe you don't. Mm -mm. I don't think that you think that I don't think the men think it's their fault. I don't think the men own any culpability when a woman cheats because they don't feel like on some level they have done anything that bad to warrant y'all you never you they never think that not paying someone any attention would cause that but you don't think about it you have not paid this woman attention in years you know what i mean you Mm -hmm. think because you sitting up talking to me every day greeting me hey girl how you doing and i'm passing you a plate of dinner that we spend all the time in the world together, whereas I'm thinking he don't value me. He don't he don't appreciate what I'm doing. He doesn't have a conversation with me. I need some dialogue. I need some interaction, some dialogue, some type of, a, you know, what I'm saying we're craving. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like different forms of communication, you know, and I don't think you the men think that they've done anything that bad to warrant being stepped out on. I just don't believe that. You know the thing about it, and um, and most women I talk to say the same thing that you're saying, but there are some ways that we acknowledge it. And this is part of the reason why women ultimately do cheat if they decide to, because we grow comfortable with allowing her to, it's that work husband theory. It's like, oh, right. I know she talking to somebody at work. I ain't tripping, you know, he still ain't me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I'm still paying the bills. I'm still doing this. She still ain't going nowhere. Like you grow comfortable with with liking what you're lacking because it doesn't put you in a position to where you have to step up your communication. It's like as long as she's just talking, I'm cool with that. 
it's not until it begins to segue into emotions, the transfer of energy and possibly the transfer of bodily fluids that now it becomes a threat or a jolt to your reality. Like you're cool with her having a little work husband or the one little gay friend that she worked with. You cool because that doesn't really challenge you to change any of the premature ways that you have in a relationship. It's often when you realize, okay, she was serious when she was talking about <laughs> she wants communication. She wants a more intense or more intriguing or intimate dialogue. She was serious. It's not until that moment to where you say, well, damn, well, why she had to go that far? Mm -hmm, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So men, they own it, but they own it when it's too late. And that's what tends to be the issue. I know for um, a lot of things in relationships, it really does require you to not speak as much, but listen, like um, women are interested in a lot of things that men have no clue about. So like those are the moments where we're just supposed to sit and listen, intentionally listen. And we don't know how to do that either. So yeah. there is small ways, but like, I mean, I get totally what you're saying because you don't get to see any ownership. And then sometimes you don't even get the opportunity for a man to come back to you and say, I admit I was wrong. Right. We you know still, what I'm saying? We still have to concede our wrongdoing and stroke your ego so yeah. you're okay about what we did. And, right. and again, we still apologize and still don't get what we still need to get out of the relationship. We just so, ha not necessarily happy, but we're just glad that, whoo, he forgave me. I don't you know what I'm saying? I won't uh -huh. do this again and and be and we're hopeful again that you have learned your lesson, but not all the time have you learned your lesson. You know, women are emotional and men are logical. You know, right, and right. and I just think, you know, you just have to know you have to know that difference so you can apply that in your relationship to have better communication about things. You have to intentionally want to be a part of your own relationship. You just can't let it ride on cruise control you know mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. you know so many relationships are challenged with infidelity and other things because of that you know because you get so comfortable in your mess yeah you know yeah mm -hmm. so do you think um do you think it's possible for men and women to heal together i think so i think especially if if you have been in a good solid relationship that had some turbulence. I think if you're both committed to the healing process, I I, I definitely think so. And I and I'm gonna t I'm a testimony to that. You know, my husband and I went through, and we've talked about this on the podcast. That's how we got the podcast started because we wanted to talk about some of the things that we had gone through and have healed from. And we, I mean, we were almost on the verge of divorce. Hmm. You know, and. One day, I think he came over because I still had, it's so funny because I still had the dog because <laughs> he, he left and I don't like walking the dog. So he came back to the house to walk the dog and it's like, we just locked eyes and like, okay, okay, we're not mad in this moment. We're not arguing in this moment. This would be a good time for us to really have a conversation. And that's right, how we right. actually started talking because he came home to walk the dog that day. And uh, we started talking and... You know, it was it was it was hard. I mean, it was some hard conversations, some hard things for each of us to hear 
about each other, how we felt about each other, how we felt during the process of going through our potential divorce and how we hurt each other and how we hurt the kids because we're a blended family. The kids were, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was hard. They were hurt, you know, Mm -hmm. and nobody was thinking about, neither one of us was thinking about anything but ourselves, you know, so we definitely had to go through a, a, a long process of healing with each other to get to where we are now to even to be able to talk about those things that we went through and not get angry about them still, because there's still some things that he feel like he didn't do wrong. And there are some things that I feel like I didn't do wrong, but you know, but we got to such a good place. We're able to talk about those things and not get mad because we don't agree on certain things about why we just know that we acknowledge those things even though we don't necessarily agree with them. And we work on building and not making that other person feel that way again. Okay. So just to um, add some perspective, is that a tactic to make a man come back by just keeping the animal? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could could be. You know, we always hold on to little something for y'all to come back just to... Just to call y'all over to come to the house and we sitting up there with a negligee on acting like. <laughs> hey, man. Because that, that's a common thing. It's like, why do they keep the dog if they don't want to take care of it? <laughs> I'm telling you, he came over. He fed the dog. He gave him water. He gave him snacks. He, every, I, went, I, went, I was like, that's your dog. But where he was living, he couldn't take the dog. So I was like, oh, you, gotta take, okay. you have to take care of your dog. And so that was, it was sort of a way to force him to keep coming back. Because, you know, my own little way, I wanted him to see you ain't stopping nothing. You know what I'm oh, saying? Wow, wow. I'm, pre- I'm pretending like I'm just happy and living my best life. And I'm moving on. But I was I was devastated you know i mean you know a relationship healthy relationships just don't break don't end you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. right and right. um i was devastated i mean this is my third marriage so i was like damn it i can't get this shit right to save my life you know mm. and um so yeah it was hard but we worked it out and we are in such a great space you know and when we do have issues we are able to talk about them and work through them um for both of us to be uh, content, not necessarily content, but okay with what the outcome is versus one leaning towards the other, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you pretty much um, learned in your relationship how to be intentional. Um, right. To present yourself um, as is, but still being willing to adjust when the conversations are had about what needs to change, what needs to be um adjusted like i think that that's a great way to help in those broken moments of a relationship because um as you are stating with you know the the trial and error of potentially divorcing like that's oftentimes what you know causes the divorce is because folks don't want to change you know Mm -hmm. and they're stuck in these ways so of course being intentional um knowing what matters to you knowing that she means the world to you makes a difference in how you adjust yourself to the outcome of your relationship. Do you really want to lose this woman who stuck by you when you was trying to figure out, you know, what to do from your last, you know, situation and, you know, encouraging you, supporting you, all of these different things that she can be credited for. Like, do you want to lose out on that? Being intentional is, is very important, but, um, I think that what we gather from this conversation is that even when you're broken, you have to know 
what it is that you want at that moment too. Um, right. Going into it knowing what you want makes the difference because then you won't settle for just anything and more people won't continue to hurt you. Mm-hmm. So being intentional is what I took from your lesson today. And um, I really appreciate like all of the experience that you gave because we don't have many women on this platform that has even experienced this much with blending a family and going through the trials and errors of a relationship, divorce. So like you really added that much needed perspective. And I want us to be comfortable with the experienced women talking to the younger women and the younger ones don't take it as they're being, I guess, scolded in a sense. Mm-hmm. because y'all can learn something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, like, intended to make you feel stupid. It's to save you from being stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that's why I knew um, I knew exactly what I was aiming for. And you came highly recommended from Crystal Clear. What? She told so me, <laughs> she told me, like, she perfect for this. <laughs> she would tell it like it is. And I guess that's just a Texas thing or something. Y'all got well, something Wait, 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 wait. Let's back up. I'm from Florida. <laughs> Oh, you from Florida? I'm from Florida, and I moved to Texas in 2005. Yes, I'm not originally uh, from here, so I'm well, a Florida maybe it's girl a south in the Texas thing, world. Man. Maybe could That's be a south thing. <laughs> <laughs> could be. I, I just think people need to be just to be honest about stuff. We just hide behind. I can only speak for myself. I hid behind myself for so long, you know, afraid to be who I was, afraid to be judged. And I, at just some point, I just realized that people are going to judge you anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? People are going to talk about you anyway. You might as well just be who you are, own who you are, love who you are, you know, and fuck the rest. I mean, I mean, I do have my moments because I was bullied for so long. I do have my moments of insecurities, but I know my triggers and, you know, I know how to, I know, I, look, I love me some Tiffany and I take care of myself and I just do everything possible just to make sure that I, I continue to know who I am, love who I am, and just don't allow other uh, people's opinions of me or dictate who I am, you know, as a woman. And I and because I'm so transparent, you can't, whatever you say about me, okay, I already said that. I need, right, you, to come with, right. I need you to come with something else. Right. You know what I mean? You know, so you still got to step your game up to even insult mm-hmm. me. Right, exactly. Don't, I, I ain't playing oh, yeah. no games, no games you. at all. You know, but if I could, if I could just leave one thing with these young girls, you know, if you are a good woman, you do not have that. You don't have to prove that to anybody. Mm. You do not have to prove that to anybody. We are so quick to give away wifey privileges so quickly to undeserving, unappreciative men. You know, you can't buy men affections. You can't change a man. They are who they are. They need to come correct when they come. Mm. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. So, um, that's funny you say that because I was just going to ask you the closer question, um, which is in one word, tell me what it is that women need now from men more than anything. One word, just one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give as many as you got. I'll let you uh, give as many as you have. I think we need protection. Mm, that we hasn't been said. Security. Okay. We need consistency. Okay. We need reminders. Mm, 
Okay. Um, okay. Uh, man, understanding. We need you to communicate. We need quality time. I know for me personally, I require so much attention. I, and I'm very and I'm very honest about that. I need a lot of attention. So I told my husband that way in the beginning. Don't don't slip. Don't don't slip. Uh, we need appreciation. We need respect. We need your loyalty. We want your heart. You know. Hi. So he hey you gave you gave him a lot. You gave him a lot, and I can only respect it. I really appreciated everything that you said and shared, and um. This is going to really help people. I really think that we did a wonderful job of talking about how to deal with broken situations versus just dealing with broken people. And we're going to change the narrative of how people approach relationships only thinking about themselves because somebody has a story just like you do. So Mm -hmm. it's important for us to share in these moments. So if, in fact, a person wanted to Go a little bit further and learn more from you. How do they get in contact with you on social media? Man, okay. So you can find me on IG. I think it's Tiffany. Um, sorry, Tiffany. T with Monroe underscore podcast. I'm all over Facebook. I think if you Google Monroe Bishop, I will come up on Twitter, IG, and Facebook, and probably some other platforms that I was probably on a long time ago and forgot about. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm. I, my name is... Um, pretty much synonymous with a lot of platforms. I'm Monroe Bishop everywhere. My webpage, MonroeBishop.com. Or you okay. can just email me um, at twithmonroe at gmail.com. All right. So um, if any of you listeners want to um, get to know what it's like to be in a transparent relationship, marriage, um, blended families, all of these different things that she stated And this episode of Teach Me How to Love You Better, definitely respond to her with all of those um, handles that she gave you and just hit her up. Um, She's full of energy, full of transparency, and she keeps it real. And um, that's why she's here. And I believe that you guys are going to be blessed in some way with what she was saying. If by chance you would like to follow me, you can find me at DergoBJ. That is D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter, the show page. Is the subject change on Instagram. Um, any comments, questions, if you would like to even be on the platform, I welcome all women to share their stories and give their advices that they have for men and how to love you guys better. So um, we want to further this conversation. So um, again, thank you to um, Monroe Bishop for showing up and really giving us some good game. And I really appreciated you guys for listening. This has concluded the episode. Well, no, not the episode, but the lesson because okay. we're teaching. This has concluded the lesson of teach me how to love you better. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace and blessings.